Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and what a night it was in the NBA. The Heat, they became the second team to advance to the conference semifinals, and the Suns, they took back control against the Pelicans, and my goodness, did you see that Timberwolves-Grizzlies game? I mean, Oh, 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 wait a second, Malika. I know you're getting predictions right, kicking your feet up on the desk, but when it comes down to the dark side, that's big perk. That's my job. Roll the damn tape and carry on. I don't think the Grizzlies are going anywhere. If you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's all about opportunity. You get a win here, it changes the whole scope. Ran downhill in lane. He hangs it. Oh my goodness. He jumps right over Malik Beasley. How do you explain how drastically your own game changed after that dunk? I mean, I really wasn't excited about the dunk. It's pretty easy. Oh, Lord. Relax. Let the ball do the work right now. Down 109-106. McLaughlin, the trigger in, comes right into town. Bounce pass to the corner. Ant rises for the game tying three. Good! No matter what happens, our spirit, our habits, our discipline, do it together. Grizzlies will have one last opportunity. Brooks the inbound for Morant. He gets by Edwards into the lane at Vanderbilt. Grizzlies are up! It's one of those things. It's just the game of basketball sucks sometimes, and this is one of those days. that trick. I love it. What a game here with Big Perk and Richard Jefferson. And I've got to tell everybody at home, our text chain, it was going off last night, mostly with words that I can't actually say no. on TV. But I'm no. going to say euphemisms for insane. Things like that. When Ja dunked, it felt like Twitter exploded. And believe you me, mm -hmm. we will get to that dunk. But before we do that, I want to get to the craziness that was the end of the game. And Perk, since you are the president, the founding member yeah. of the G12 fan club, I'm contractually obligated to start with you here. What did you learn about the Grizzlies at the end of game five. Well, you know what? That John Morant performance in the fourth quarter was Jordan-esque, the way that he took it. over the game. Yes, 33, 33 points, I believe it was. 30 points, 13 rebounds, dropped out nine downs, but it's the way he took over the game. Another thing, he was relentless at getting to the basket. Couldn't be stopped. What I did learn about the others is, now this has become John Morant and Desmond Bain's team. But as you talk about the depth, I thought Clark came in off the bench and had a monster night, a big double-double. Tyus Jones played exceptionally well. Dylan Brooks struggled. And by the way, they this locked is what, up. Now it's my turn. <laughs> now it's my turn. So I've had the pleasure of calling two of these games. And Cat, Cat has answered the call. He has done a good job. But we're not talking about good. You need to be great in the postseason. And one thing we learned about Cat, these are when he was double teamed in game five. He had seven total plays. He got two points, two field goals, four turnovers. That is not good. And what we're going to do is you're going to walk with us. We're going to talk with you. We're going to explain to you what Cat needs to do better. I've been very, very fortunate. I've played with Tim Duncan. I've played with Dirk Nowitzki. And all of these guys oh, are masters. They are masters at handling the double team. All right, Cat, 
Now, this is the video. This is what I want you to show you. Watch where he's catching it. The worst pass that you can throw is that type of pass. You got three free safeties over there, and they have been crushing him on this. And every single time, they are just going to double team and double team him until you make them pay for double teaming. Mm -hmm. And again, here, score. Look, they're going to cat. It's 2 to 11. They're going to their big fella. He's posting up at the three point line. He's got nowhere to go. Now, look, that's a good pass there, a little flood, but you can see they're not getting much. Ball still on the same side. It is very, very difficult. It is it's very, very difficult to see what you can do if you're going to take the double teams like that. All right, now we're going to break it down. Now, I. I had a little bit of post play in my work, but now here we go. So this is what Cat needs to do a little bit better. First of all, if you know they're double teaming, and this is something that you can practice. You have one guy here. Perk's gonna come. We got our two offensive players on the side. Perk's coming. Now what you need to do is you need to take an escape dribble. If mm -hmm. you stand here doing this, you got free safeties here. They're always gonna steal it. But if you come, keep going. Keep coming, Perk, keep coming. Now look at how much further, now Perk, go out. Perk has so much further to go. If you just stand here stationary, it's not going to work. Come back, Perk. Now, if Perk comes and then you dip out again, now you can rip baseline and you can be pointing at the three seconds. That's what you used to see with Charles Barkley. That's what you used to see with Tim Duncan and Shaq. They would be pointing, who's he guarding? Who's he guarding? Because he's playing games with the defense. So for me, when I watch Cat and you look at those numbers, seven double teams, he got four turnovers. That means that they are gonna keep double teaming him all night until he masters that. That is something that who's gotten a lot better at that? Joel Embiid, he yes. does it so well. Back dribble out, the double team leaves, he keeps his dribble, now he has the one-on-one -on -one matchup that he want, and he's downhill going to work. Cat, you gotta understand this, by the way, you should already know this, you're in your eighth season, but we're here to teach you. Yeah, listen, I think he's got enough teachers there, but they're gonna keep double teaming until you see it. Malika? Shout out to Demetrius, Jalen, and Forrest, our production staff oh, for helping up there. Yeah, they already know what the fam is. But now for the moment you have all been waiting for. The jaw-dropping dunk heard round the basketball world. Let's see it. It's the closing seconds of the third quarter. Memphis is down 13 at this point. And oh my goodness. Oh. Get out the way, snatched his soul. Sorry, Malik Beasley, that was insane. And look at the bench celebrating, puffing up their chests. Here's how it sounded. Hit him, Ian. Winner takes a 3-2 lead in this opening round series. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! Morant downhill into the lane. He hangs it. Oh my goodness. He jumps right over Malik Beasley with a right handed hammer. Oh Lord. So here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Ian Eagle is the GOAT. Yes, he is. What a moment. What'd you guys think of how it sounded? You know what? It was okay, but I would have been like, God bless America. He just signed Malik Beasley well, to God. Do you huh? want a chance to call it? Do yeah, I do. I do. All right, Run all right. it back. Well, then let's do it. You're trying to take my job. Here we go. Yes, right. Roll the tape. Rejects the screen. Oh, John Moran down the lane. Oh, God bless America. Oh, he summoned Malik Beasley to heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You think you think you can do? I know. I know you're usually the color commentator, Richard. Do yes. you think that you can do any better than what Kendrick Perkins did? Let's see. Yeah, but you know that—that's what it is. That—that that, that we already know. John Morant with the crossover takes off. Oh my God! Whose baby is that? Somebody get that little baby out the street, out there messing with grown men. What is going on? Did his mom sign?
sign the waiver. Love you, Mom. I'm just joking. That's his mama. I love her. I love her. I love her. All right. Her. Let's take her. a listen to John Morant on this. Bees, you still my guy. Um, definitely, you know, ignited the crowd, you know, gave us some energy. And, you know, from then on, uh, pretty much just being very aggressive. Um, I'm not going to speak on what else sparked me. I was I was right there. I always get the like best views of his dunks, really, and it was crazy. I was right there. I was like, yo, he just brought the ball all the way back and <laughs> flushed it hard. Happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Ja does what he does, but yeah, poor guy. I like Beasley too. He good dude, but shh. it's Don't tough. He gonna see that on Twitter tomorrow. <laughs> He's a good dude. That's his version of with all due respect. We can't talk about Jaws Dunk and not have he's one He's a good of, dude. He's a good dude. You're a good dude, Vince Carter. Half man, half amazing. The dunker yeah. himself. So, Vince, break it down for us, please. What did you see in that dunk? Break it down in only a way that you can. Uh, I saw an opportunity for Ja to have another mark on his armor and another poster in the arena because one thing about Ja is we know he likes to get to his left foot he set it up. They tried to cheat the screen and try to get over the screen. And just a quick jab step, you see here, ah, got you crossover. Oh. And somebody like Ja Morant, you see here, when he sees that space, mm. yes. From the dots. If you're a Timberwolves fan, you're saying, hey, that was a charge. But we're going to look at that again because right here, you see he's, yeah, he leans <laughs> to the left, his left. He leans to the left a little mm. bit to avoid the charge. So he has that kind of hang time, guys. RJ, you know about that. When he gets in the air, because he had so much room and so much space and time, he saw he saw Beasley sitting there like, yeah, charge. And he's like, not today, boss. But, but he RJ took it to the up or room, the most impressive. baby. Ooh, well, we're going to get to that later. RJ was saying that's not even the most impressive play to you that Ja made of the night. No, it was a three-point shot. The three-point shot, that's, that's the difference in his game when he can knock down consistently. And look, he hadn't been shooting the ball well and really over the series from three. So to knock down the most crucial three to give them the lead, I think it was their first lead since the first quarter, that was the biggest play. The dunk got the energy going. The play the three-point shot was that that well, was special. I think if you don't have the dunk, then you don't get to the three-point shot because if you if you listen if you listen or you was watching the game, the arena was dead at that moment. That actually sparked. The, the arena along with the players that initiate the run for them to even get to the point where he was able to knock down the three-point shot. Go ahead, Vince. Can I, I want to add one more thing. You know what another big point of the game is? Remember, he gave up the three. It was his guy on the back screen that he gave up the three. So, you know, he, he hits the big shot, recall, you know. So I think that was one of the big plays as far as the layup is concerned. Obviously a defensive lap by young guys reaching. Come on, Anthony Edwards. He know better. You got to learn. You got to be in those moments to yeah. learn. You yeah. got to be in those moments to learn. Well, we're going to have a little bit more time later in the show to break down this game further because there's so much to take a look at. But still ahead on NBA Today, the dunk heard around the world. It got Vince thinking. How about we compare it to the best dunks Ooh. in playoff history? Oh, Sign me up for that. that. And CP3 and the Suns, they won the all-important Game 5 big perk on whether or not he is still rocking with the Pelicans. And talk about an ace up the sleeve. Talking Miami ceiling is this version of Victor Oladipo shows up from here on out. NBA Today rolls on after this. I say they did their victory. And Miami hold on and close out the Atlanta Hawks. Victor Oladipo in the starting lineup with Jimmy Butler tonight. Look at him moving and grooving. Oladipo, top of the arc. Bam.
night it was for Victor Oladipo. He didn't even play in the first three games of the series by coach's decision, but then he stepped up big in game five when called upon to start with Jimmy Butler out and Kyle Lowry out, remember. Oladipo, he poured in 23 points, 8 for 16 shooting after scoring 6 points all series entering the night. Here's Oladipo on his big game. A year ago today, I was... Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I was I was uh, expecting and, and waiting for my next surgery. I remember a year ago today, um, around this time last year, I was sitting in a dark room by myself and just broke down. Um, not because I quit, but because I was at the lowest point I could be at. Now, God has put me in this position today. So I just made the most of it. Um, I can't really explain why I'm going through what I went through. I can't really explain why I'm here today. But, you know, I I'm staying in the moment and making every moment mean something. Poignant words, big scarf glasses energy. Uh, uh, I, I was just trying to see. I didn't, was he, was he on his deathbed? No, no, no but we uh, don't know. We don't know. He's got multiple injuries. We don't no, know what else is going I, I, on. So he's just saying, yeah. I can't really explain why I was where I was. Oh, okay. But okay. he did say that he's been a fighter since before he was born. So I want to know how, how that works. Well, what was your reaction to his performance, Perk? You know what? I, I, I mean, it was it was everything. It was the true definition of being a professional. You know, a guy that 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 that's like Victor uh, Oladipo, that was a former All-Star, a guy that was a franchise player of an organization, and getting D DMPs and he's ready to play. You have to stay in the moment and he stayed ready physically and mentally you didn't see the complaining you didn't see the pouting he wasn't being a cancer he wasn't going to social media and lashing out no when his time was called his number was called he went out there and he got it done in great fashion in a closeout game and he was the reason why the Miami Heat closed the Atlanta Hawks out last night it, it's impressive. I, I think from a professional standpoint, when you watch guys that go through a series of injuries and then they're trying to get going and then they're on a great team, yeah. so they're not going to crack the rotation unless an injury or something happens. But even then, it's, it's spot. The thing that I like most about Victor Oladipo is now you know that he potentially has the ability. If he can give you 18, 19 points in one game a series, that's going to be a game that they, he most likely helps the Miami Heat win. And this just makes their team deeper, makes their team better, yep. makes their team more scary. Well, and just to go along with what he was talking about from Dave McMenamin's story, he's played in 96 of a possible 309 regular season games over the last four years. So, mm. I mean, he's been going through it. We just talked about Vic's ability to get buckets, but the story, to me at least, coming out of this series was the Heat's impact defense Ooh. on Trey Young. I mean, effectively rendering him moot all series long. So here's what Trey said about Miami's stellar D. 
their team is more of a system than who they have on their team. And um, no matter who they have out there, they can play. It's, it's, it's about their system. And their defensive system is all about helping. And, and they got a guy that they're targeting to take away. They're, they're, they do a really good job of doing that. Trey, is this, in your mind, the best a team has ever defended you? For sure. I mean, this the numbers would say that. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't shoot the ball well. I think I didn't. Uh, I couldn't get into to certain places that I mean, I'm normally capable of getting into and, and able to get into. And I think it was, um, I mean, it's going to be something that is part of my growth and something I'm going to get better at. And I, I know next time I'm faced with this challenge and I'm going to be better. So who better to break down that swarming defense than Tim Legler? Legs, what caught your eye there? Yeah, listen, everybody has the same idea against Trey Young, but very few teams can actually commit to it and then execute it flawlessly and, and do it for four or five games the way that they did. I'll take a look here at exactly what they were doing at Trey Young and really their entire team offensively. This one's from game four, and it starts with this. You know, P.J. Tucker's not trying to pick his pocket. He's not trying to get up into him too aggressively. He just wants to make him feel him a little bit, and he wants to pick him up here inside a foul line. And take a look at... The shot clock, because all you're trying to do is eat up time, because every second you eat up in the backcourt is one less second Trey Young has in the scoring area of the floor. So just make him work, make him work. So here's what he's done. He's accomplished his goal. By the time they cross half court, seven seconds are off. Now, Trey Young has got two options here for screens. Both guys are up. And look where the defenders are. How many times in games do you see defenders that are back and Trey Young comes off, walks into a three? Look at where the defenders are already this early in the possession. You come up now, watch the multiple switches. Now, this is special here. This is your center. So, Bam Adebayo is going to jump out. Now, Trey Young is eyeing up another screen potentially coming right here. Take a look at the effort by Jimmy Butler. He's got to come out here eventually, get on the high side because he has to have another switch take place. If you're back, Trey Young walks into a three, gets in rhythm. There it is. Jump out, switch. Now, tries to take Jimmy Butler off the dribble. Take a look at Bam. Middle of the foul line, he's playing help and recover. So, he's going to help on Trey Young. Is going to recover back to the shooter. And again, this is a big out here playing both guards. Great job. Ball kicks out. Bogdanovich eyes him up. He's going to say, okay, I want to go this way. Get him off the dribble. We'll take a look at the help on this side. Again, help, recover. Help, recover. Stop the ball penetration. Recover the shooter. Does it flawlessly. Tries to take him two different times. And then the final component. Once he catches it, we're going to force baseline. Look at the positioning on the weak side. Triangle inside. They're going to think that you got Clint Capella open, but take a look at the rotation of Jimmy Butler to come over here and make a play after P.J. Tucker stops penetration. It's literally on a string. This is the kind of stuff you do in a drill in a basketball camp or in training camp. That was from game four. And then from last night, let's take a look at this last possession. And most of this, you can just let it run because look what they do. This time, Atlanta says, we're going to put him off the ball. Let's see if we can get Trey Young off the ball. Well, look at the problem with that. By the time he comes out to catch it, look where he is. He's almost at half court on this first catch. So you've already done your job. Now you're going to put multiple defenders. This is a three-point game. All you want to do is take away uh, Trey Young's three-point shot. You don't even care if you give this up. You're going to stay with him as long as it takes. Deny pressure all over the floor. By the time Herder catches it, look where he is on the floor. You're talking about 40 feet from the basket. Now the shot clock is winding down. Deny Trey Young. Pressure all over the court. Herder has nowhere to go. Finally, one last denial right here. Trey Young is not catching it. You're going to have to go to Gallinari, who tries to create something out of nothing. But here's the thing. You're down three, and all they could get was a pressure two-point pull-up shot right off the edge of the lane. You can't do it right. any better than the Miami Heat did, and Eric Spolster talked about it. Multiple efforts, and you do it possession by possession, and you do it for five straight games, and now you advanced 
to the next star they're going to try to take out. Well, Max Struess said that they just kind of threw everybody at him. And just to put a bow on this whole thing, he finished, Trey Young did, with more turnovers than field goals. 30 turnovers, 22 made field goals. That's over the course of those five games. So Miami held it down. All right, still to come, though, on NBA Today, Jazz dunk. It was utterly absurd. So we're going to go there. Was it the best dunk in playoff history? Why not? Let's get Vince Carter's thoughts. And we have a report ahead of the Nuggets Warriors Game 5. Is Steph Curry going to come off the bench once again? We're going inside the Dubs game plan in just a little bit. And the 76ers 3-0 lead, it is quickly more into a 3-2 lead and so the questioning of Doc Rivers has begun. Is that pressure deserved? NBA Today continues shortly. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Suns, they won game five to take a 3-2 series lead. What are we going to do with him? The game was over, though, when they led after three. Phoenix improved to 50-0 and when taking a lead into the fourth. And Mikhail Bridges, he dominated at both ends, making 12 of 17 shots to record his second career 30-point game, including the regular season, while defensively limiting the Pelicans to three of 17, including two for 14 for C.J. McCollum and Ingram. And Chris Paul, he went for at least 20 points and 10 assists for the 31st time in his playoff career. Although, shout out Jose Alvarado for holding it down because that was impressive. That breaks a tie with former Suns Kevin Johnson, the third most games in NBA history behind only Magic and LeBron. So with all that being said, Richard Jefferson, starting with you, fill in the blank. The Suns' X factor that will help them close out game six is... The cams. It's got to be the cams, in my opinion. It's got to be campaign. It's got to be Cam Johnson. And this is why. You know what DeAndre Aiden, he's kind of somewhat consistent when you look at it. He's going to get you anywhere between 15 and, and, and 20-something points and, and, and close to 10 rebounds. But Cam Johnson has made such huge strides. Campaign, you've been there before. You have led this team before. No Devin Booker. So instead of saying like, oh, we need to replace Devin Booker and all these points, it's like, no, you just need other guys who step up and be more consistent. And those two play at a high level, and you know what Chris Paul does, especially getting into crunch time. You know what DeAndre Aiden does in the depth. I think that's what that'll be the thing that helps them close. Well, it's, it's no X factor because the Pel <laughs> it's the Pelicans winning in seven. Okay, the Pelicans is going to uh, win Game Six. Look, you have to look. You have to look at the game. I don't last have to look at nothing. Yes, you do. You look, go back and look at the game last night. Chris Paul was exhausted mm -hmm. at halftime. Okay, it wearing down on him. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain the level of play that the Suns need him to play at. And so when I look at last night, Mikael Bridges had an out of body experience man like look he's a great he's a good player but he had a great game like a great game, great game. Yeah, yeah I don't expect him to do that again why do you think I said campaign and Cam Johnson that's I wouldn't sure, say I mean, Mikael Bridges sure. got to do that but again. I'm not putting my faith in the camps I'm saying there's no x-factor I'm going with those good 
people out of New Orleans, baby. That's who I'm rolling with. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCullough, winning game six, forcing the game seven, and then the Pelicans closing it out in game well, seven. Well, all the things that have gone wrong for the Phoenix Suns, right, you know, it just to start this postseason, losing Devin Booker, all the things, just kind of struggling a little bit. I still feel like they are in control of this series. They've always been in control of this series. No, and they it, haven't. Yes, they have. They, oh. they have been in control of this series because I believe a team that has been there uh. and done that, those are the ones that I am uh. going to bet. I, I'm, listen, there's no way you could tell me that they've been in control of this series when Brandon Ingram is averaging 30 points yeah. and shooting 50% from the field and 50% from the three. That don't sound like control it, to me. 3-2 sounds uh. like control no. when, you're, when your best player is out. If you're up 3-2 and your best player is out and Do you, you want I mean look when two men disagree the next word is bet. Say less. What's the bet? We'll talk Let's, about don't it. Don't ever grab grab my hand like you mean it. I don't want to grab your okay, hand well, at you, all. Wait, whatever. do you have a wet fish hand? Yo, he thing? does. He does. he was like oh, let's no. make a bet. Let's make a bet. Hey, you know what? You know what? Hey, I want to shout out to my boy Kevin Johnson who owns yeah. fixes right up the way best soul food in LA that I've been going to let. every day. You maybe cut it back maybe like three times, four times a week. No, that's why he's rolling with the Pelicans. He wants that beignet smoke. Ooh. I see where he's rocking Ooh, with okay, now. Okay, but no, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, Suns and six. All right, gentlemen, if it's all right with you, let's let's stick in the West here. Will Steph Curry start tonight? That's the big question heading into tonight's Game 5. The All-Star, he's come off the bench for the Warriors in every one of the first four games with Steve Kerr steadily increasing his minutes every game. He played 37 minutes in Game 4, and he's led Golden State in scoring each of these last three games, even though he came off the bench. The Warriors, they have a chance to close the series out in a matter of hours. And as it pertains to Steph and his questions, Kendra Andrews is joining us now. So how how is gamesmanship, let's say, coming into play here as the world waits on this decision? Well, Malika, Steve Kerr doesn't want to tip his hand to Micah Malone and the Nuggets, so the Warriors are being very tight-lipped when talking about Steph and whether he's going to come off the bench or start. We tried asking Steph himself, what is the plan? And he said, wait, what, what was the question you just asked? And then gave us a little wink. But Malika, there's another important question that needs to be answered when discussing Steph and his impending return to the starting lineup. You cannot have six guys on the court at once, right? So someone has to move to the bench. The Warriors have also been very quiet on who that will be. But I've talked to all six players, Clay, Draymond, Jordan, Kavon, Andrew, and Steph. And to what, from what they're telling me, it doesn't seem like moving someone to the bench is going to be an issue for anyone because this team has one very clear goal in mind. Every season, every situation you find yourself in, you have to just make the right call in terms of what's in the spirit of winning and giving yourself and your team the best shot at winning. And that's, uh, everything should line up to that and we should be able to handle whatever decisions or whatever role you have to kind of assume, you know, based on what the answer to that question is. Now, whether or not Steph is starting or coming off the bench, we probably won't know until just before the game, but there's one thing that we know for sure. He has been cleared to not be under a minute restriction, so he will be back to playing his full minute load. Malika. No minutes restriction for Steph Curry. That is good news for the Warriors as they try to close this out. Kendra, thank you so much. I want to bring back in Tim Legler now because if the Warriors do manage to close it out, that three-headed backcourt, it's going to be matching up with an elite perimeter player no matter how you slice it next round, right? It's either going to be John Morant or it's going to be the Ant-Man. So, Tim, take us through the final three possessions of last night's thriller between the Grizz and the Wolves, please. Yeah, you're going to see a couple of guards being special here late. Some great coaching as well along the way. But athletic ability, I think, took over when it mattered most. Malik, and taking you through this stretch, what an incredible game this was, incredibly entertaining. 
And this is another guy who was a hero in the game. He's not going to get a lot of attention, but it's Brandon Clark. And I want you to take a look at him because he's right here underneath the basket and he is being boxed. This is great defensive box out positioning right here. And actually, if you look at Minnesota, uh, you can't ask for more than this. You've got four other white jerseys inside of every single blue jersey. There is no reason for the Memphis Grizzlies to get this offensive rebound. But take a look right here. You see Clark's eyes are up. He's following the track of the basketball. And all he's going to do is use those young legs. He goes up and look for how high he goes. He actually tips this ball. He is above the rim when he hits this. And he doesn't just hit it. He actually throws a direct pass to John Moran. This is the biggest possession in the game, in my opinion. He steps into it. Give him credit. Had not shot the ball well from the perimeter. Knocks down a three. But then this is just beautiful right here. Take a look at this play design. This is Anthony Edwards right here. He's going to come off and you're going to see him just run a little token cut up here, looking like he's not really involved in the play. You get a back screen and he breaks out. This player comes down here. So that's just the initial action, but it gets interesting after it comes in to call Anthony Towns. And what happens next? You get a dribble handoff. You're going to get downhill down the middle of the lane. This is really important because you took out two defenders. So now that means Brandon Clark is your backline defender. He has to watch this, and he is also means he's got to stay under the rim. Look who else is watching the ball. John Morant is also concerned about yep. it. Well, that leaves a perfect opportunity for a back screen flare right here. Bring Anthony Edwards to the corner, and then this is a great delivery of the basketball. Perfect timing, well contested by Clark. That's just a big time shot by a young player, and that sets up this last play. Now we're tied up, sideline out of bounds. I'll get to this initial action. It's really just a decoy running some guys through. Here's where it begins. And this is Anthony Edwards mistake. You're getting a down screen. You want Ja to come up in here. You're Anthony Edwards right here guarding him. You have two options on this. You either go under and you meet him right here. He catches the ball with you in front of him. Or if you're going to go over the screen, the angle has to be here back toward the foul line. So when he catches it, you are in front of him. If John Morant makes a jump shot with a hand up, so be it, but that's not what happens. Take a look at the angle Anthony Edwards takes. He comes all the way yeah. up here on the high side. Ja goes here, so when the ball comes in, Anthony Edwards is taking himself out of the play. Now, Ja's eyes light up. He sees the rim, nobody in front of him. And guys, take a look at where he takes off. We talked about that dunk, but look at where he finally jumps on this layup. He's out in this area above the dotted, still gets there with his left hand and finishes the play. So you saw some young guards making big plays late. Ja, obviously, the biggest one of all, because now Memphis has a chance at least to know they've got a game seven at home and they're not facing the prospect of being eliminated on the road. Well, you mentioned Ja Morant's eyes lit up. Literally, Richard Perk and I were all sitting in studio during your breakdown like, oh, yeah, yep, that you <laughs> nailed that, Legs. Thank you so much for all of that information. The, the Timberwolves and the, the, the Grizzlies, though, they've largely been healthy for this series. So still ahead on NBA Today, when can we expect the gentlemen you see pictured here to return to their perspective teams, to their respective teams? Updates in just a little bit. Keep it locked on NBA Today. I think either one works. Perspective or respective. Yeah, it does. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The greatest dunker in the history of this league in Vince Carter. Welcome to the upper room. I pick who's oh. going to take it to the upper room. He's like, bro, did he really try to jump with me? I did this my rookie year, too. I'm oh! I tell you what, put him on the ground. We call that a body bag. May he rest in peace. Look at that view right about there. Some people levitate. It's levels to this. He makes it look so easy. Security guard, please open that velvet rope. Bang. The patches. Too. All right, we had to bring in Vince Carter for an emergency edition of the Upper Room after what we saw last night. So John Morant, he had one of the greatest playoff dunks we've ever seen. It was this poster on Malik Beasley. Uh, we've shown it before. We're going to keep showing oh, it again and again mm, and again. Way with it. Question is, was it worthy of the Upper Room? So the Upper Room, remember, is reserved for the cream of the crop, and this is a big one mm, because we're choo mm. choosing the best playoff dunk of all time. So Vince, you. Get to start us off with your first nominee. Well, I'm gonna get the party started. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna stick it. I'm gonna <laughs> stay with the family. I'm picking T Mac. Ooh. On who was that? Uh, Sean Bradley. Oh, in the postseason. Yeah. Okay, let's go, Dallas. Yeah, we. Hey, uh, RJ's the playoff. Oh, Come on, buddy. He climbed mm -hmm. his back and then he stared him down and let him know. Yeah, that's. But look, you know, remember, look. he's seven foot everything now. Seven, <laughs> yeah. not seven foot thing, everything. Is that, but look, shot blockers, they just, yeah. you know, they got to take it on the chin sometimes. Oh my goodness, mm. T-Mac. Yeah, right. he took it. Yeah, he that's a tough one. So that's your nominee. I, I feel like I got a good one. My guy, my favorite dunker, him and Dominique were my two favorite dunkers before Vince showed up. And watch this. Oh, my God. Point at him. See, now that gets oh, you double technical, my, thrown no. out the game, but that was back in like the. He points woo. like me on the <laughs> That is. RJ, RJ, deep. Yeah. you know what they call that, right? What is it called? Tell him, tell him. The Lister Blister. The Lister Blister. Look, he didn't have nothing to do. That was just. Mm. John Perk, I mean. You, you, absolutely. I'm sticking on the dark side. Look. We figured. John Morant, and it wasn't just that Too soon. he rejected the pick and roll and took out, oh, from outside the dots and gave him the stare down, and he dunked it and cuffed it with his wrist. But it was the timing. Oh. If this doesn't happen, the Memphis Grizzlies don't win this game. The crowd was out of it. The Minnesota Timberwolves had the momentum. And then all of a sudden, impact. he gave this dead. You want to see a dead body? Oh. <laughs> well, let me <laughs> put on my fizz face and rep for the Bay here because Baron Davis on Karolinko in Oracle Arena in 2007. Oh. My goodness. Lift up the jersey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And obviously we've yeah. seen Cannon Curry do it. Steph Curry do it all yes. since. Yes. Um, AK-47. There you go. There. I was in the building for that one. I still have that shirt somewhere tucked into a drawer. Mm-hmm. You were in your mama's belly at that time. <laughs> uh, and I was fighting men. Who do you got, Vince? Uh, um, Baron Davis was good. Thank you. Blister Blister was good. John Morant is recent. Uh, I'm sticking to the family, man. T-Mac? I'm going with the family. The this seven, is so seven. biased. So please. Yeah, this is so biased. I know you biased. ain't talking about it, Mr. Celtic, John Morant, G12. Like, come on, man. You Mr. Uh, bias. I'm not kidding the job. I think this might be the biggest Mac, one. Oh, over a seven oh, foot. Over yeah, but, Baron Davis? Uh, that uh, one. Listen, I get it. But in, in Sean Bradley's. About, you talk about time and no, score. No, but listen. This was it, a big moment. But listen, in Sean, in Sean Bradley's defense, he was. He was holding against Yao Ming. He was already wrestling with Yao Ming, though. 
seven low. foot everything. Yeah. Get out the way. I have a new rule. You heard what Ludacris said. Move. Get out the way. I was like, are you going to keep going? Get out the way. No, we're done. Um, a new rule, Vince. Next week, I, we are going to stump you. There is no way we're getting two Vince nominees yeah. in a row. Like, this is my personal mission That's now. Cool. I am going to get my nominee okay, cool. into the upper room. Don't surprise me, Vince. No, <laughs> don't surprise me. Don't surprise me. Both of you guys cheating. Cheat. All right. Well. Hey, welcome to T-Mac family. Oh, okay. in the upper room, baby. Welcome, T-Mac. All right. Free bottles for everyone. Right. Oh, okay. I, I can get on board with that then. The 76ers, though, their 3-0 lead, it's quickly morphed into a 3-2 lead. So the questioning of Doc Rivers, it's begun. Is that pressure deserved? We will discuss when NBA Today returns. People assume they can't afford great insurance, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates that fit any budget. Just like they assume our analysts carefully craft their opinions before each show. So, how do you do it? Another banger. You done it again, Perk. The shot clock isn't real. Time is an illusion. Tune in to the NBA on ESPN, presented by State Farm. So the Bulls, they take on the Bucks tonight in Milwaukee, pivotal game five, but they're going to be without Zach Levine, who's in health and safety protocols, and Alex Caruso is out because of concussion protocols. So, Big Perk, I want to start with you. Do you give – I'm not even going to finish. Do I give what? Look, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Bulls by 30 in game three and 30 in game four, and you telling me no Caruso and no Levine, and you walking into Giannis's house, the best player in the NBA, and you asking me, do I give them a chance? Hell no. They always have a chance. There's, all, you, you, there's always a chance. Like, let's say hypothetically, you know, uh, DeMar DeRozan goes for 70, uh, breaks Jordan's <laughs> record, and then uh, Giannis enters protocol. Uh, you know, there's always, there's always a chance. You knock on some wood I mean, no, right I'm now. just saying there's always a chance, just hypothetically. And this is, look, as much as we joke, it is unfortunate. Look, no Caruso, yeah. no Lonzo Ball, and then all of a sudden you have Zach Levine, your, your all-star, in, in protocol. So, like, we're joking, but it just sucks when that's the way that this series has gone down. Now, again, Milwaukee Bucks, they're missing Chris Middleton. Yep. So you, you don't feel bad, but it's just tough because maybe one. But when you're missing multitudes of players going against that type that, of monster, there's cool. no chance. No, no one cares. Do you Stop. give them a chance? No. Okay, cool. No, I know, look, I'm saying there's a chance. I Do I think they will win? No. <laughs> but is there a chance? There's always a chance. Oh, there's man. always a chance. Okay. Okay. Several former All-Stars, they're on the men this postseason. Devin Booker, Kyle Lowry, they're dealing with him hamstring injuries. Chris Middleton and Jimmy Butler have injured knees. Fred Van Vliet is also banged up. So one bright spot, Donovan Mitchell said today that he's, quote, good to go for tomorrow's game six. That's against the Mavericks. But for more on insight on some of these pivotal player injuries, bringing in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Adrian, let's start with Devin Booker, who played in game two last against the Pelicans. What kind of timeline are Devin and the Suns currently looking at here? Yeah, Malika, the, the Suns have been careful to not rule uh, Devin Booker out of this series. They've really tried uh, to handle publicly anyway uh, his absence on a game-by-game -game basis. Uh, the original timeline, the expectation we were told was two to three weeks, but perhaps two weeks, that it would be potentially into a second-round series before he'd be ready 
to come back. And in a perfect world for the Suns, they'd be able to close this series out, obviously, in Game 6. They've got two chances to do it in Game 6 or Game 7. They've not ruled Booker out of either of those games yet, uh, but it still feel as, feels as though, Malika, uh, that this is a, an injury that uh, Devin Booker would be able to return from sometime in the conference semifinals. Okay, so heading east now, Woj, to check on Chris Middleton, who also exited in a game two last week. He was diagnosed with a sprained MCL in his left knee with a reevaluation targeted for next week. So, Woj, how is Middleton recovering and progressing here? And Malika, yeah, he, certainly he's, he'll get that reevaluation uh, at the 14-day, two-week point next week. Uh, but you know, I'm told that injury is expected to keep him out longer than that. It's not a, there's not a sense that he's going to get reevaluated at two weeks and all of a sudden be back at practice uh, and be ready to play. That, that, that's, gonna, that's a benchmark in this process. But the Bucks certainly, you know, they're on the cusp of getting by the Bulls here. Yep. They may have to get through another series, a conference semifinal, uh, before they may have the opportunity to get Chris Middleton back in this season. And lastly, please, Woj, Andre Godala has been managing a neck injury all series against the Nuggets. He's listed as out in tonight's Game 5 with a left cervical disc injury. So this sounds serious. What, what exactly is he dealing with here? Yeah. Yeah, another setback for Iguodala, the Warriors, certainly. This is the time of the year where you really value having him on your team in the postseason. Uh, they'll reevaluate that injury uh, next Wednesday, uh, but certainly uh, losing him out of their rotation now, their lineup, you know, they've got to certainly be prepared to, uh, if they're going to close out Denver here, obviously they're without him tonight, and they may have to go another series or certainly into the conference semifinals without Andre Iguodala. So the Warriors, they will face the Nuggets tonight and try to close out that series. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much. Coming up next on Thanks NBA Today, we'll hear from Doc Rivers, who's had some spicy comments about his past-blown 3-1 leads. You're going to want to hear this. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Spicy? El Fuego. El Fuego. Just take a look Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, we're on the road at the NFL Draft with up-to-the-minute reports from Las Vegas as teams zero in on tomorrow's selections. Plus, the Dolphins explain how Tyreek Hill is already making a big impact in Miami. And is Steph Curry on track to return to the starting lineup with a chance to eliminate the Nuggets tonight? SportsCenter, 6 Eastern on ESPN. So Doc Rivers is just 15 and 31 in his playoff career with a chance to clinch a series. So that's the most such losses by any coach in playoff history. Now, Doc, of course, is also the only coach to blow multiple 3-1 leads, doing so three times. And today, Doc was a little bit defensive about his playoff record. I wish y'all would tell the whole story with me, all right? Um, my Orlando team is the HC. No one gives me credit for getting up against the Pistons who won the title. That was an HC. Go look at that. I want you to go back and look at that roster. I, I dare you to go back and look at that roster. And you would say, what a hell of a coaching job. The Clipper team that we lost 3-1. Chris Paul didn't play in the first two games and was playing on one lane. Um, and we didn't have home court. And then the last one, to me, is the one we blew. That's the one I said, we blew that. And that was in the bubble. And anything could happen in the bubble. There's no home court. Game seven would have been in L.A., you know. Um, but it just happened. So. 
side, Richard. He's right. Like he, though, look, there is there is some truth to it. I, I think he owned up. He's like, look, you know, there's one or two here, and you look at it. But I remember I was praying for that Orlando win. I was praying, and then T Mac so famously said, I know uh, T Mac got the yeah. hype, but T Mac so famously said one of the great players of this generation was like, hey, it's going to be great to get to the second round. Those are things that you don't say when you're playing against a Detroit Pistons type team. Now we ended up losing to the Detroit Pistons in the following round, so I'm still mad at Doc Rivers for that blown 3-1 lead but he is right it is not all on the coach it is not on the players and if you look at it one at a time Chris Paul was banged up the one in the bubble the one in the bubble was tough the one in the bubble was tough because home court the way this goes but at the end of the day the record is what the record is well you know what doc you're an NBA champion you don't have to explain yourself to, to anybody and guess what I'm just happy that I was part of the one, some of those series that we actually closed them out and helped you win the championship so let the people say what they want to say guess what you're a 2008 NBA champion that's all that matters and you're going to go down in the Hall of Fame so yes yes you think that then the 76ers are going to close out the Raptors yeah I picked them to win in six I mean I didn't think it was going to be an easy series from the jump I picked them to win the six well and I will I, I will say the one thing about uh, about this series and it's not so much whether or not they close or or when you can still win a series and not be playing great basketball I would go to the Memphis Grizzlies Memphis Grizzlies can win this series and you can look at this and say hey look there are times they could be playing better now when you talk about Philly you got Scotty Barnes missed some time Van Vliet's out yep. so it's like like you have all of this that's kind of helping you and you're still losing these games or you've still put yourself in this position that's where like the questions get get kind of like popped up and I understand why he's sensitive but you got to just kind of keep this down and be and show some poise for your team. All right. Well, the NBA playoff first round, it rolls on on Friday on ESPN and possibly ESPN News will potentially have three game sixes for you. We know the Grizzlies and Timberwolves, but the Nuggets, they have to avoid elimination again against That's the Warriors, the Bulls, they have to do it <laughs> against the Bucks. And I just want to leave you with, with this image. Oh, it's beautiful. Is it? Not, not Malik Bleasy doesn't think it's beautiful. <laughs> He's not going to be putting that poster up on his wall? No. Maybe no. It's Motivation uh, to avoid it. I think he has enough. Hey Beasley, man, all you gotta do is win the series, and then people will stop talking about that. That's not, that is not true. I know. I'm just trying to help him. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be a little yeah. bit tough. It's one of those things. Yeah. Like, uh, just take it from somebody that's been on a couple. You know what I want to do actually, though, happen. when the show's over, is what? teach you how to shake hands because I can't. Oh, no, you gotta go. You gotta meet. You gotta do it all. You doing like the? I don't like right here. Is this what you did? Richard's hosting tomorrow. We'll see you on ESPN. Oh, 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 o